Yeah, I, mean, I pretty much just leaned on my dad. Uh, that was yeah. pretty much all I could do. Um, and then, I, I mean, that's pretty much all we all did. I mean, I've got two younger brothers and a younger sister. Um, but, I mean, it was rough on us. It was rough on him. But, I mean, he stepped up as the man of the house and took care of us. Um, I mean, I, at 13 years old, I tried to do all I could to, you know, help the younger mm -hmm. siblings out. Yeah. But, I mean, all that credit goes to him. He's the reason that we're such a strong family. We stayed, we stuck together through that. Yeah, I, don't know. I, don't know. I always tell myself that everything happens for a reason. It's all part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, he'll, he'll make something good out of it. That's always what I try to tell myself, no matter, you know, what's happened, whether it's some, someone died, something huge like that, or even like small things. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. that's what I like to tell myself. Make what your you escape. Hey, welcome back to another episode. You are here. You are in the right place at Last in Line Leadership Podcast, where you will be encouraged and inspired to walk in the fullness of the leader you are called to be. This is a place where you will hear about the goodness of God and the hope found in His promises to us. My prayer is that you will be empowered as a servant leader from what you hear in this episode of Last in Line Leadership. Hey, I'd like to welcome today to the stage Brody Malone, who is a USA Olympic gymnast who was on the 2020 Summer Olympic team representing the United States. Um, he has been on the national team since 2017. Uh, he won the 2022, so this year's world championship on the, the high bar. Uh, and he is the... Uh, 2021 and 2022 U.S. national champion. Um, Brody's got countless, uh, in fact, 10-time NCAA national champion at Stanford. Uh, so he is well representing our great nation uh, in the Olympic Games, uh, has and will again in 2024, uh, and really looks to be one of the uh, favorites uh, to win the all-around uh so pulling for him in a big way, but we get to hear Brody's story. He grew up um, and had some tragedy in his life. He actually lost his mother to cancer uh, at a young age and then uh, lost a stepmother some years later uh, while he was, I believe, in college. So he's been through some significant loss. He has been raised by a strong Christian family. His dad has been the rock in that family, holding things together, been the glue during some some of these times of hardship. But we get to hear about Brody's journey in gymnastics, some of his discipline to stay the course, and some of the rigorous parts of their training and nutrition and discipline and just some of the responsibilities he carries and uh, being the oldest sibling. And so I can't wait for you to hear about him he is the first time we've had an Olympic uh, participant for the U.S. team. Uh, first time we've had a world champion uh, in gymnastics ever here on the show. So I'd like to welcome Brody Malone to Last in Line Podcast. Hey, Brody Malone, welcome to Last in Line Podcast. Good to have you, man. 
Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, so I'm glad to, we got to connect. It's it's hard to track you down. Um, being <laughs> a uh, you know an Olympic uh, gymnast and a recent most recent like world champion, uh, I guess is that accurate? Um, yes, sir. Multiple national championships. Uh, man, it's awesome to have. I've never had a gymnast and I've never had an Olympian on the podcast. So you're knocking two of those off the list. Uh, so All this right. is awesome. And uh, we were just talking off camera and uh, one of your national championships came at the hands of uh, one of my favorite schools to root for being an Okie, uh, the University of Oklahoma. Y'all took down the Sooners uh, after four years of, of their reign. Uh, I guess you took them down yes, in their sir. fifth attempt to, to get a national championship. So how many total you guys have 10 now or you personally have 10 or what is it? Oh, national championships. Gosh, I, I have no idea. I don't I don't. You don't keep track of that? I'm surprised you don't have that on the back wall back there, like (laughs) 10-time national champion. No, 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 none of that, none of that. Um, Well, yeah, talk about how you – like, talk about just kind of real quick kind of who you are a little bit and how you got into – since I read, I think that you were a little bit of a active child, so they had to kind of get you in some sort of activity that kind of lets you get an outlet for you. So talk about how you got into gymnastics, man. Yeah, so uh, I started when I was three. I guess it's it's like the classic gymnast story. Um, you know, you got your kid just got way too much energy, and you don't know really know what to do with them. So you start taking them. You sign them up for gymnastics. Um, so they, I was three years old. They put me in a gym class, and then just kind of stuck with it from there. And we're here now. So. <laughs> My daughter got in it at three, and she wasn't really that hyper. But I remember you know, we thought she was doing pretty well progressing. And then one day she got in the car, she was like, my wrist hurt, my ankles hurt. She's like, I don't know about this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah. I mean, it, it'll twist and turn you. Um, but, oh, definitely. but how did you, okay. So let's just, so that was an outlet for you guys. A lot of kids, you know, they put kids in soccer, just run it off kid, you know, let's get you exhausted oh, yeah. so that we can get you home. So when did you realize this was going to be your thing. Like, I mean, everybody's kind of got a thing. When did you realize this was a <clears throat> gift and something you wanted to pursue long-term? Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, it's not like I only did gymnastics growing up. I mean, I did all kinds of sports. I did, um, baseball was a big one. Um, I did basketball and soccer. Didn't really, you know, go too far in those. Yeah. I hate running and I'm pretty short. So same. <laughs> it doesn't really work out for those two sports. Um, but I did love baseball and I played, I ended up playing baseball till I was about 12. Um, and then it got to a time where, you know, I was starting to having, I was starting to have to go to the gym probably like four, I was probably gone four days a week. And I mean, I was either having to skip gym practice or skip baseball practice. So my dad was like, all right, you need to make a decision. Um, and I, I really don't know why, but I chose gymnastics. I, I guess that was God's God having my back right there. Yeah. Um, and so ever since then, I mean, just put all my time and energy into gymnastics and kind of took off from there. So, Full disclosure, you weren't you weren't staying in gymnastics because you met a girl and you wanted to kind of follow her around. And there was a good looking little girl in seventh, eighth grade that was like in gymnastics. You're like, I think I'll pick gymnastics. You just went that <laughs> way, right? Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of kids like they, I had a guy on that. His story was like, I went into this activity because I really wanted to date this girl. And that's where she was. Oh, it was like, (laughs) he went to college and he was trying to, he, it was like an FCA meeting. And that's how he came to know the Lord was going to FCA because a girl was there that he liked. And so uh, whatever. Yeah. You'd be surprised (laughs) what guys do to follow girls. Um, well then, so you had to make a decision and then high school comes along and, and you're doing, I'm assuming, pretty well. Uh, did it just come natural to you, or did you have to work like extra hard, harder than some of the others, um, or what? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess a little bit of both. Um, I, I mean, it kind of came a little natural to me, but I, I worked my butt off at it. I remembered, um, I switched gyms when I was, God, I might have my dates wrong on this, but I believe I was like 13. Um, I switched gyms, um, because the gym I was going to dropped their boys program. And so switched gyms and got there and, uh, had some great coaches and just worked my butt off every day and kind of took off. Yeah. Well, so you said four days a week you were at the gym or five, or was it like, eventually um, did it get point- to be seven? you know uh no so at that point i was probably training about five days a week once i moved there okay so didn't have to worry about baseball anymore yeah doing five days a week i mean i gotta know all right so there's three different i should say i guess sports or athletes that i've respected the most of anybody mostly because i've never done these things and i don't know that i could ever pull it off but wrestlers gymnasts and swimmers i could lift i've lifted weights for 25 years i could lift weights seven days a week twice a day and never look like you guys what what would surprise us as people look on the outside looking in kind of about your regimen your training regimen your nutrition regimen because you guys are like down to a t on minutes of the day like so what would surprise us kind of about that regimen uh so for me, I don't do hardly any stuff in a weight room. Um, all of my conditioning comes from my own body weight. So, um, and I mean, a lot of stuff, I mean, we just get strong by just doing our routines and doing our events. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people will ask me like, oh, you know, like how much do you bench or do you lift weights? I'm like, no, not really. I mean, I just kind of just deal with my own body weight all day long and that that's what gets me in shape so that's that people are pretty surprised when i tell them that usually and that's pretty customary across the board with gymnasts right like not very many of them get in the weight room you don't need the extra like added weight is that part of it or or is it for injury protection like what is the reason for that for not getting Um, in the weight room so i mean some uh so some people will get in the weight room um I mean, for us at Stanford, we have weights twice a week uh, for our, during our preseason, so our fall quarter. Um, but it's not like lifting weights to get big. It's more like therapy oriented um, stuff mm-hmm. like that to like core, just to kind of build stability muscles, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then a lot of it, the majority of it, um, is our is our ring strength. So we'll use dumbbells to do like. Uh, to mimic ring positions on rings um so it's not like 
you know, doing a whole bunch of benching and a whole bunch of squatting. It's more just like, you know, get in there, um, work your, work some stability, work some core, and then get a little bit of ring strength. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. So when people yeah. ask you how much you can bench, you say not very much, but I can do like a thousand pushups in five minutes, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, or I much. can do 2000 pull-ups in like, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. I can imagine that <laughs> for the, for the record though, how many pull-ups can you do? And don't say you've never counted them. Cause I don't believe I, that. Actually. I've never, I never have. I've never tried that. All right. Never I, haven't, I haven't tried it in a long time. Like, I'm going to have to make it up. That was probably we... in like middle school. I want to make it up as we go then. Cause I I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> you, you could probably do like a hundred pull-ups just like at one time oh. with no problem. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I know. All right. So yeah, I won't burn up and derail the the talk much more than that right there. But I had to know like how much you guys train and, and what us as outsiders looking in, like we would think, wow, that, that they must work 24 seven, like in the gym or whatever, but eat perfectly yeah, I mean, and all that. We're, I practice probably around 25, 26 hours a week. I mean, I'm in the gym between four and six hours, just about every day, um, six days a week now. So it's a little different than when I was back in high school. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, the diet part is probably diet is my biggest struggle for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of time and that's like the 25, 26 hours is just in, in the gym. That's not counting you know, recovery stuff after going to PT, going to get therapy, massage, stuff like that to keep your body uh, functioning well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a lot for sure. So who who were the top couple teams that recruited you out of high school and why did you pick Stanford? Okay, so I you can go on five official visits um, to colleges. So my first one, or so my five were Penn State, Iowa, Stanford, I believe it was Air Force next, and then Ohio State. Those were the five in order of the trips. So I went to Penn State. That was my first one. Um, didn't really have any expectations. Didn't really know what it was going to be like. I ended up liking it there, but didn't really mesh super well with the team. Um, and then Iowa was my second one, and – I actually loved it there. Iowa was great. Mm. The team was great. I loved the coaches. I got along well with the team. Um, but I was still holding out to see about Stanford. Um, so Stanford was my third trip. And then I remember I was in the airport getting ready to get on the plane. I get a call from the head coach. He's like, hey, uh, you getting ready to get on the plane? I was like, yes, sir, getting ready to board now. And he goes, well, I just want to let you know that uh, admissions got back and your application was accepted. You've been admitted. And I was like, oh, my God. I was just freaking out in the middle of the airport. It was awesome. Wow. Uh, was that your dream yeah. school, though, to go to? Like, that was the one you really wanted? Yes, sir. That was my top pick for sure. Very cool. um, wow. Yeah, and then, you know, went on the trip, met the team, met the coaches. Coaches were phenomenal. The team was awesome. I got along really well with them. Um, and then – I mean, That's at the awesome. end of the trip, I took – I didn't commit right away. I wanted to take a little bit of time to let everything sink in. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I was like, well, hey, if I got accepted into Stanford and didn't go, that would be kind of dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was like, all right, we're pulling the trigger. There you go. 
And I yeah. mean, that's awesome, dude. What's been, what's been kind of the highlight uh, of being on that, that team in college, obviously winning the championships, cause that's your goal every year, but what's been sort mm-hmm. of a highlight, one of the intangibles that maybe we don't see as the public, if we're not watching the, the gymnastics stuff. Yeah. I mean, just the brotherhood um, between the, our, our team, our team is just super close. Our team chemistry is great. Um, you know, I mean, we're, everyone at Stanford lives on campus for all four years. So we're all super close. Uh, we mm-hmm. hang out all the time. It's just, it's really a family is what it is. And that, that's something that I'm super grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I think of Stanford, I've always, well, growing up, they were always really good at baseball and I was a baseball mm-hmm. kid, my whole family's baseball, but you know, then eventually they, I guess what they've been really good at swimming, I think for a long time and then gymnastics. So they're good at a lot of sports that, that the public yeah. may not know about. Right. Oh yeah. We've got, I believe in Tokyo, in the Tokyo Olympics, it was like 52 Olympians were from Stanford or were current athletes or had already graduated from Stanford, something like that. But I forgot volleyball too, right? Volleyball is really good. Yeah. I, all the sports there are really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, women's swimming, men's swimming is pretty good. Women's swimming is really good though. Baseball is great. Yeah. Uh, Water polo, both men's and women's is great. I mean, Stanford just knows how to do it, I guess, as far as sports go. Now that you mention it, I got to ask, because I I don't have my years right. I know I don't, but was Christian McCaffrey there when you got there? Or had he already Uh, gone? I'm not sure, actually. If you don't don't know who he is, you just play along. I know who he is. (laughs) Okay, good. I know who he is. I don't think so. He might have already been gone when you got there. I think he was. Yeah, when did you get there? 18, 17? No, I was there in 2019. It was my freshman year. 19. Or no, sorry, 28. Fall of 2018. Yeah, I think he was was gone. my freshman year. I think he was. was Okay, well, that's crazy. Uh, Because, yeah. I mean, their football has been good in, in the last 10 years, maybe not recent, but um, all right, man. Well, I got to know you went through some stuff as a kid um, and I don't mm-hmm. want to gloss over that because given that you were, I don't know, how, how old were you when your, when your mom passed away from cancer? Um, I was 12, about to turn 12. 13. So then yes, all sir. this, I mean, life's hard enough for a kid at 13 uh, without that. And then you're getting more competitive into sports and gymnastics specifically because you kind of were done with baseball a little bit at that age. Man, uh, what is it? What does a 13-year-old do? I know your dad, and so for the audience, like mm-hmm. I know he's a strong – he's an anchor of the family, and, and I just – but what does a kid – do when that happens like there's really no way to describe that so what were some things that you had to deal with uh as a 13 year old going through that um i mean yeah i I pretty much just leaned on my dad Uh, that was yeah pretty much all i could do um and then i I mean that's pretty much all we all did i mean i've got two younger brothers and a younger sister um but I mean, it was rough on us. It was rough on him. But I mean, he stepped up as the man of the house and took care of us. Um, I mean, I at 13 years old, I tried to do all I could to, you know, help 
the younger mm-hmm. siblings out. Yeah. But I mean, all that credit goes to him. He's the reason that we're such a strong family. We stayed, we stuck together through that. Yeah. And I know he's a strong man of faith and I think y'all are all mm-hmm. a family of faith. Was that a big factor during that time? Uh, had you mm-hmm. guys been one of those families that have always just kind of built around the faith, faith in the Lord and that kind of thing, your, your spiritual life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember he, uh, he actually took us to, I guess they have like a little chapel in the hospital and that's where he told us that she was going to die. And I remember mm-hmm. we all went down there and we just were there and just cried together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, faith has definitely been definitely a big part of uh, how we stayed strong for sure. Yeah. Um, and so you, uh, I don't, I just can't imagine, like, like I said, it's hard enough as a 13 year old in the world, you know, to just make it <laughs> and then yeah. be, have that going on. Um, then you, you had a stepmom pass away too, like suddenly, unexpectedly, right? Like a couple yeah. of years later or something like that. I mean, yeah, that was, uh, that was in 2019 actually. Okay. I had just finished competing. It was a tri meet between Illinois and Minnesota. We were at Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we finished the meet and we got packed up and getting ready to head back to the airport. We were eating lunch as a team. And I got a text from one of my friends and said, I'm so, it said, I'm so sorry uh, to hear about Lynn. And I had no idea. That's how you like, found What are you out? talking about? Yeah. Um, so I was like, what are you talking about? So I immediately got on the phone and called my dad. I was like, what happened? He said, you need to come home. Hey, before we get back to the conversation here with our guest, I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, a new partner, Uncommon, which is a ministry that is equipping uh, and empowering great men to become the husbands, the fathers, and leaders they were called to be. Go to uncommon.org. That's U-N-C-O-M-M-E-N.org. Check out their content. Go to Uversion, download their devotionals. Great team, great people, great men, and they're out there for you. They're out there with great content, and they're out there to encourage us to be the men we were called to be. So I want to thank TJ and his team at Uncommon. So now let's get back to the conversation with our great guest here at Last in Line Pod. She had an aneurysm, and I didn't even know what that was at the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I called uh, – I went up to my coach. I was like, Tom, I need to go home. Lynn's in the hospital. And he's like, okay, boom. He got on the phone with our travel lady and got me a flight immediately to go mm-hmm. home. And I ended up staying home for a week or two. Um, that one was pretty rough too. Um, especially on the younger ones, my little sister and my smaller brother, just because they were a little older and could understand it a little more. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Man, uh, so for the sake of the podcast, and and I know you know we've got men mostly listen to this, but um, what what kind of advice maybe would you give to maybe a younger person or you know I don't know a dad listening that maybe that 
you could give advice about how to handle certain things, like by watching what your dad did or what you dealt with and kind of what got you through that. Is there anything you could give as a suggestion of, man, I, I'm glad I did this, or maybe I wish I'd handled it like this, or have you even given it any, any thought at all? <laughs> so I'm not really good with grief. I guess you'd say, uh, I kind of just tend to push stuff to the back of my mind and I guess ignore it. I don't know if that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, Pretty common but, though, right? I mean, I would say a lot oh, of guys yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as advice, uh, I don't know. I always tell myself that everything happens for a reason. It's all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he'll, he'll make something good out of it. That's always what I try to tell myself, no matter, you know, what's happened, whether it's some, someone died, something huge like that, or even like small things. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. that's what I like to tell myself. What do you, what do you uh, attribute having that core group of guys to go back to at school during that time? Like, was that, were they kind of there as like a, an anchor for you too? Cause I know a lot of people oh, yeah. isolated and a lot of people, like you said, kind of shut down and bury it. Um, mm-hmm. did, did, did they kind of rally around you too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so for pretty much the whole time that I was home, uh, I mean, I had to stay home through the funeral mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that and just be home with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really talk. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big texter or anything like that anyways, but so I didn't really talk to them but when i got back then i just remember they were super supportive of me and just i mean anything i needed they were there to help me with so yeah well i I mean the reason i ask that i mean it's just because i know people especially around the holidays like there's some triggers that happen you know we just got done with thanksgiving and christmas is coming up and and i know Mm -hmm. there's triggers for folks uh who are listening to this maybe they've lost somebody i mean heck i lost my dad seven years ago and I still have triggers sometimes just random out of the blue and they just hit me out mm-hmm. of nowhere. And, but like you said, I think being that we're both anchored in our faith and we know that like, we're going to see him again and, and like God still has work to do through us. Right. We can't just shut down and unplug from society and just, you know, be dead, you know, walking dead people. Um, yeah. So I just wondered for the audience, you know, to get your perspective, because that's not, that's not normal. I mean, it's pretty unique to have lost two moms, you know, in less than 10 years or whatever, five years. I don't remember what you said, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just unique. And so it has that, have you even given that any thought, like how strong that made you and sort of, is it, is there a fuel within you to where you find another gear when you're competing in the gym? Um, do you ever think about all that? I mean, not, not really. I mean, like I said, I I just kind of push stuff to the back and I guess, um, gymnastics was a good way for me to just kind of forget about stuff and focus on something, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of keep myself busy. Um, so that, that probably helped me a lot growing up, like after my, my real mom died. Um, I mean, I loved going to the gym just because kind of, I, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about anything except gymnastics. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you'd stay busy yeah. and, and at least you were busy doing like 
something productive and you know a lot yeah. of teenagers could go a, another direction and thankfully like you said you had a good support system with your dad and, and different people that yes, kind of kept you on that path uh well so um when being a like you go to college and and i know like west coast is what it is right it's not the same thing as the bible belt and and being yeah. in the south right it's a little different um so kid from i mean you lived in tennessee and georgia right and so a kid going out west uh you know northern cal are you uh was it hard i mean with your with your faith is it hard to be in the spotlight like how do you manage all that? Like, how do you stay grounded? How do you stay humble? Like you're in the spotlight. Um, most people know who the, you know, Stanford gymnastics team is obviously. And so has that been a challenge at all? I mean, cause you are in the spotlight, especially after winning as many times as you guys have won. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say we're in the spotlight as much as you would think. Okay. <laughs> gymnastics is a pretty, pretty small sport. Um, not a lot of people really know much about it. I mean, it's it's nothing like football or basketball. Right. Yeah. Um, but Olympics, but, I mean, being an Olympian, that's not nothing. I mean. Well, I mean, when you got 20 others walking around campus, it's it becomes less of a big deal. <laughs> okay. All right. So you haven't had to deal with any any sort of like inflated ego or the risk of maybe – you know, thinking, you know, okay, we're, we're the, we're the Stanford gymnastics team. You know, this is who we are, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking real because that's a thing. Like people, there are people that deal with success poorly. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had to fight it a few times. I mean, most of uh, the acknowledgement, um, wait, hang on. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, most of, the acknowledgement will come from other sports teams because the, mm -hmm. I mean, student athletes at Stanford are really close. And then mostly outside of, or outside of the student athlete population. I mean, most of those kids there, they're to study and learn. They don't right. really care too much about sports. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. My dad's always told me that you don't have to tell somebody how good you are. You, you show them. Yeah. And so I've always tried to be like that. I've never, I, I hate to brag on myself, tell people how well I've done stuff like yeah. that. So I just steer clear of it. That's good, man. I mean, that it's hard to come by sometimes nowadays, especially with social media. It's pretty easy to, to post all of your successes. Right. So it makes everything it look is, yeah. real, real bright and shiny whenever we don't know if that's the real, that's not their life 24 seven. Right. So you oh, don't yeah. strike me as being somebody that's always just like out on social media talking about themselves. I hate social media. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate it so much, but it's a, it's a necessary evil nowadays. I yeah. Mean, Cause I gotta, I mean, you gotta build a following, you know, to, if you want to, if you want a chance at getting any kind of sponsorships, I mean, the first thing they're going to look at is how many followers do you have? Absolutely. So it, Absolutely. It I mean, sucks. you have a brand, whether you, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, I mean, you, you have a brand and especially mm -hmm. the more success you have, it's, it's, it's coming for you. So, uh, yes, it's good that you're already sort of ahead of the game because you're not buying into a lot of that fluff that's out there. Uh, because mm -hmm. I could see, I could hear your dad too. I he, he probably has said this before, like 
it quick as it came to you, it can be taken from you. Like, you know, this thing oh, isn't yeah. like this isn't just automatic. You're not entitled to anything. And so that's that's a good foundation because not every kid grows up with that. So mm-hmm. that's that's probably pretty good that he poured that into you. Um are you uh what are your plans like moving forward? Like do you have kind of a five year plan out there? Uh uh <laughs> So I, first thing you'll learn about me is I suck at planning. (laughs) (laughs) I live in the moment. Um, So, I mean, is my plans right now are to, I'm going to finish out this next coming year. I think I was telling you before you started the recording, um, I'm going to compete one more year for Stanford. I'm going to use my extra year of eligibility from all the COVID mess. Um, I've got one class left to take. I'm going to start that in January, and then that makes me eligible to be on the team. And then after I'm done with that, my plans right now are to stay at Stanford and train through 2024 for Paris. Um, and then after that, we will see what happens. I, I have no plans yet. I'm going to probably just take a, a pretty decent break, you know, reevaluate where my body's at, where my head's at, and see if I want to make a push for uh, – 2028 but i don't know man 28 years old to start your career seems kind of (laughs) late i mean never say never but you know i could i I think people could probably understand if you were ready to say i've i've you know i've accomplished what i didn't want to accomplish and i've I've been there done that so i mean your body is probably now uh what Tell me about the time, like, I guess when you qualified, when you guys are, you know, you, is it, it's personally, right, that you qualify for the Olympics, or is it the team that qualify? Like, how does that um, work? Yeah, so the, like, the team, so Team USA earned a spot at the Olympics um, at Worlds in 2019. Okay. Um, so that, I mean, it doesn't matter who was on that world team. They just earned a spot for Team USA. Yeah. So, and then we go through, well, obviously, I mean, COVID happened, and so 2020 didn't happen. So they just basically mm-hmm. pushed everything back a year. Mm-hmm. And then you you basically qualify for the team as, or individually. So there's yeah. two competitions that they're looking at. So there's USA Championships, and then there's Olympic Trials. Um, and basically, they will use they'll take your scores and they'll use an algorithm to calculate and spit out the top team scores, uh, team scoring yeah. scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe at trials, it was like, if you were top two in the all around, then you automatically locked your spot to the team. So I was, I placed first in all around. And then um I believe it was uh, another guy named Yul Muldauer who got second. And so after the competition was done, we had already we knew that we were on the team. Um, and then they took us back to a waiting room and made the like the committee met and decided who the rest of the team was going to be based off of the scoring scenarios. Yeah, um, and then that's how they named the rest of the team. That's pretty cool. I mean, so you kind of knew when you when you were doing well throughout that 
that meet is it a meet or is it a tournament or it's a meet it's a meet, a meet. Right. yes sir <laughs> so as throughout that meet you kind of knew hey i'm doing pretty good so i think my chances are really good at making the olympic team did you kind of know going in or did you know as it progressed and you, the better you did throughout that um but I, I mean as it progressed after the the first day of olympic trials uh, i ended up in first place and then I mean, this is something you never want to think as an athlete, but no. it was, I was just kind of thinking in my head, I mean, all I got to do is not screw up and then I'm, I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> and it, I'm usually good about not thinking like that, but I don't know. It, it was kind of getting in my head. Yeah. Um, but so the second day we started on P bars, uh, had a decent routine and then went to high bar and I hit my high bar routine really well. And after that, I was like, okay, there's no way they can keep me off of the team now, even if I don't end up in the top uh, two all around. Cause and that was I'm what high. you just – didn't that what you just won the national, the, the world championship in? Was yes, the high sir. bar just recently? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah, Team USA is a little weak on high bar, so we can't afford to uh, not have a big score. So once I, once I hit that routine, it was – I was like, yeah, they, they can't really keep me off. But cool. I mean, I still had four more events to go, so um, yeah, I, mean, I had to focus back in and make sure I finished strong. But yeah, well, so was, what's so what do you is that going to be your your event in in uh, in Paris? Is that going to be kind of where your your expectations are the highest, or at the high bar, or are you all around? You yes, get a shot at all around. Um, I mean, I. You're supposed to yes. say yes. I have a shot. Yes. Definitely say. Uh, I. I mean, I've got a lot of work to do to get up there. I. I ended up fourth in the all around at Worlds, so I was right off the podium by about three tenths, um, which is like one bad landing. So if I would have stuck one more thing or stuck a dismount, I would have been on the podium. Yeah. Which is annoying, but yeah, it yeah. is what it is. But you're right there. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, if you'd have finished first you'd have been like, Oh man, I just got to like, how am I going to stay at first? You know, but at least yeah, like, exactly. Like now I know exactly. I can, I got just tiny adjustments and you're there. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about it is, is Russia was not there because they're, they're banned from competing sure. right now because of all the stuff that's going on. So yeah. Russia's got some really good all arounders. So I got to kind of factor them into it. Um, I mean, I, I got a lot of work to do. Because they'll be there in 24 for sure, right? Yeah. Probably. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, uh, that's awesome. I mean, dude, I don't know that I'll have another Olympian on the podcast. <laughs> like, who knows? I mean, I don't know, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. And I know, I guess, if you are if you are one, it doesn't maybe seem as, as glamorous or as, as cool now that, you know, it's not new anymore to you, but – uh, I think it's pretty cool. Like you're representing our country and, and on the biggest stage. And so I, I think never downplay that. I mean, you can be humble, but still acknowledge it for being, that's a huge accomplishment and not everybody gets to say that, you know? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have any, uh, parting words before I let you go for the audience? I mean, we got Christian men listening to this and, and how old are you right now? I'm 22. Okay, 22. So you're probably on the, you know, the younger side of the range of guys that listen to this, but dude, 
Uh, I know people really highly respect what you're doing. A lot of my listeners know your dad um, and respect the heck out of him. So, man, do you have anything that you would say to maybe the next generation, kids that are in college or uh, are coming out and transitioning and like in relation to just leadership and their faith and trying to stay the course, you know, because a lot of kids go away from their faith when they go to college. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything to say to maybe that younger generation? Yeah. Read your Bibles. <laughs> that has honestly been one of my biggest struggles is getting in a routine of just getting in the word. Um, and I, I was do I do good. I'll do good for like a month or two and then I'll, I'll skip one morning. And then next thing you know, I've, I've not read my Bible in a week. Yeah. Um, so get, get in a routine of reading your Bible, find a time during the day for me, it's the morning. As yeah. soon as I get up, I grab a cup of coffee and, and read my Bible. Um, that to me has been the most important part of where I'm at right now in my, in my journey. Um, and just, just getting through it. I've read through the whole new Testament. I'm trying to work through the old Testament. It's a bit harder. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, yeah. but you can tell a difference, right? Can you tell the difference when you go two weeks without versus two weeks reading it? Like you can sort of Absolutely. tell that inner, that inner difference, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that's definitely my biggest word of advice for uh, young Christians, kids my age, uh, just, just getting the word. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it's, I mean, not just young people. I mean, I know guys and I'll speak for me too. You know, I, you, you get out of a little bit off track, right? You, you maybe hit that snooze a couple times and then, Eventually you look up and it's been two weeks you're hitting this news. Right. And so I yeah. think that it's not just young people like us, us old guys have to stay disciplined too. That's one thing that you don't ever really reach the pinnacle of like being perfect. Oh, at. Yeah. Like, you know, guys are going to forget or just be tired and, and not do it for me to do it at the end of the day. It ain't happening most likely. So I got to do mm -hmm. it at the beginning and it's better anyway because yes, my day starts out well man i appreciate you coming on here um it's been good to get to know you uh you know i your dad talks highly about all of you and uh, he's very proud of the people that you guys have become and he is he is a big part of that because i know him yes, and anybody that knows him would say he is he is a man to be respected and he's a he's a solid anchor for you guys because you guys really are the center of his universe. And so I think it's awesome uh, to see the fruit from, you know, what he's done and, and the foundation yes, he's, he's laid. So thank you uh, audience. You, you've gotten to hear from a, an Olympian, a world champion. So with that, he's been Brody Malone. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Make your escape.